0: Well, good morning. And peace be with you. I have some announcements, and I'm going to let you read them. They are in the bulletin. So peruse through there. One I will uh, highlight, and that is 60 years of blessings. In November, this church will turn 60 years old. And we have a group of devoted faithful congregants that are putting together a celebration event and they will be meeting on tuesday may the 4th at 11:15 a.m and everyone is welcome and if you'd like to come and see what's happening or contribute in any way you are invited so that is something i wanted to highlight for you the other thing i want to highlight for you is today we're going to be talking about the mission and vision that Christ had for the church. And when I started this path to become a pastor, uh, and I was like you, sitting in a pew and wondering if this is going to be a call, it's funny, I collected lots of memories and scriptures. I can't tell you the address of all of them, but they stuck with me. And one of them was Jesus saying that my Father's house is a house of prayer. And did you know that on the back of your bulletin are prayers? Now, I'm not going to call anyone out and say, raise your hand if you've done the morning prayer, because I want us if you have a bulletin, actually hold your bulletin up, all right, flip it over, let's read Luther's morning prayer together in just a second, here's the thing, anyone when you were growing up or even now, if somebody said, I dare you, can't resist it? Anyone that has that? Because I dare you, I double dog dare you. Now we're talking serious. If you read the Luther's morning prayer in the morning, makes sense, and Luther's evening prayer in the evening for the next week until we come back, I dare you to do that and then be able to tell me on Sunday, nothing changed. Because prayer changes things. So let's pray Luther's morning prayer right now together in a one and a two and a three. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil. That all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Anyone, is you guys going to accept that challenge? Amen. Well, let's get started. hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen If we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us But if we confess our sins God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Father forever, amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Hallelujah! Alleluia. The Lord be with, you. And also be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: morning everybody. Hi Ron. Good to see you. Well we're going to do a little reading here and if you'd like to join me our first reading is going to be in the book of Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through verse 21. This can be found in the Pew Bible on 1695. Again, chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 21. In my Bible it's 1659, in case you got one like I have. Here we go. This one is entitled, Peter Heals the Crippled Beggar. And indeed he does. And he surprises a lot of the Israelites who happened to be there because they couldn't believe their eyes. Peter really explains how he was able to do this. Let's read. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at, that, at the time of the prayer, three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. That was the name of the gate. Where he's put every day to beg from those going into to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have but what I have, what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him wake, walking and praising God, they, they recognized him as the same man who sat and used to sit and beg at the temple called the Beautiful at that gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as by our own power of godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. We are the witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that was given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold, through all the prophet, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that items of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus the Christ. He must remain in heaven, until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. This is a good reading. I got it all turned on with that one, let me tell you. It's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff right there. So let's go now to our next reading, which you're gonna help me with because it's inside your bulletin and we're going to read responsibly. This is a prayer uh, this is Psalm four. that's what we're going to be reading, by the way, and it's inside the uh, bulletin. It's a prayer for relief that was used from calamities, uh, such as droughts that caused, in this case, many to turn away from the Lord to false gods in Canaan. Let's start out. First verse I will read. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distraction. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? No, that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust, trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking who will bring us prosperity fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound peace I will lie down dwell in safety next we will go to John, the book of 1st John, not old John, but John 1, okay Uh, That's going to be in your pew Bibles, if you're looking at that, on page 1900. So, in this reading, I'm going to take the liberty of reading a few extra verses. So I want to get extra credit while I'm up here. No, I don't get credit. But some of you might. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go and read from the Word, the book, in front of me. Well, 1 John 3 says, and we're going to go through verse 10, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law, in fact, Sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, I repeat no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are anyone who does not anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God nor is anyone who does not love his brother. This is the Word of God.
0: Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading this morning is indeed Luke 24, 36 through 49, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1644. Luke 24, 36 through 49. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, and while they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures and he told them this is what is written the Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in that sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Last week, we heard from the Gospel of John about the locked room on that first Easter. John's Gospel account tells us about Jesus setting aside some of his disciples to be apostles, and as we learned last week and and many already knew, apostles mean the sent ones, the ones sent. He also told how Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into these apostles, and he gave them authority to administer his forgiveness. Throughout this gospel account, we heard about the peace and the gentleness of Jesus as he rekindles and strengthened the faith of his disciples. The gospel that we just heard from Luke tells us some of the other things that happened when Jesus appeared to those disciples in the locked room. The account in Luke gives us additional details that are concerning the nature of Jesus' risen body. It reveals that it really is a flesh and a blood body and not some ghostly apparition or specter or hallucination. The account in Luke also gives us important guidelines. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you. It gives us guidelines to help us understand the Bible and it gives us guidelines to help us proclaim the gospel. Today's gospel begins soon after the Emmaus disciples arrive at the gathering. These are, as you will recall, the two disciples that had already encountered Jesus as they were walking the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And after their encounter with Jesus, they hurried back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples what they had seen and what they had heard. And we read that no sooner did they finish than Jesus himself appeared among the disciples. And this is where today's gospel picks up. The disciples were just kind of getting used to the idea that Jesus had risen from the dead. But still in their minds, the question is, what kind of resurrection was it? Was Jesus simply a spirit that had come back from the grave to haunt them in some way? Was this resurrection just a vision? Maybe this resurrection was just an extreme case of wishful thinking. Now when Jesus appeared, they didn't know what to make of what they saw. And our Lord's first concern, his first order of business, you could say, was to show the disciples exactly what sort of resurrection it was. He said to them this, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? Doubt arising in your hearts. He said, see my hands? See my feet? It is me, myself. Touch me and see. He says, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones that you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus also ate some fish. And this is a further sign that the resurrection is a true bodily resurrection. This is important. Since Luke recorded these words and events for us, we also know that the resurrection of Jesus is flesh and blood a resurrection. He is not just a spirit. He is not some sort of vision or hallucination. He is real flesh, and he has got real blood. He is a human being raised from the dead. I used to tell my children that Jesus was, was and is God with skin on. Once Jesus established the true nature of his resurrection, he began to teach the disciples the things that they could not understand until he had, until they had witnessed him being crucified, died, and arisen. The bottom line is, in short, that that night... The empty tomb was not the only thing that was opened on that first Easter. Luke's account repeatedly tells us that Jesus opened the minds to understand the scriptures. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to include these words in the description of Jesus' teaching on the road to Emmaus when he was talking to those two disciples. You'll recall. He asked them, why are you downcast? And they said, where have you been? You haven't heard? And Jesus, beginning, he said this, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then in today's gospel, Jesus said, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus is saying every jot and tittle in the Old Testament and in the Bible points to me. You've heard me say that. Now, I didn't make it up, but every jot and tittle points to him. Now, one of the struggles that we have when discussing God's word with our culture, within our culture, is that our culture wants us to believe that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of meanings to the words of Holy Scripture. We often hear people say something like, well, that passage is open to interpretation, The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record the very interpreting tool that Jesus gave to his disciples. And with this tool, we can filter out the false teachings that many people try to find in the Bible. Jesus showed his disciples how to find him in every passage of Scripture. He showed his disciples how to interpret everything from Genesis chapter 1 through the end of Malachi and find Christ on every page. The words of Jesus himself tell us that we have the true meaning of a passage of Scripture only when we find him in the passage. Again, every jot and tittle In the Bible points to Jesus. Jesus went on to use this very tool to teach the disciples about his mission in this world and his vision for the church. Let me pause here, but years ago there was quite a movement in uh, secular world in businesses to write a mission and vision statement. Did any of you take part of that? Yeah mission and vision oh brother total quality iso 9000 all that stuff hey a better way of do- jesus Put out here thousands of years ago, the mission and the vision of the church. Jesus said this. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Here is... What he told his disciples, that the Holy Scripture said that his mission to the world was this, to suffer. His mission was to suffer and then to rise on the third day. And then he said and he taught that the Holy Scripture's vision was for the church to to give the proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins in the name of Christ. Throughout the world, Jesus fulfilled the mission of the Christ. He lived a perfect and sinless life so that you and I didn't have to because we couldn't. Yet even though he was perfectly innocent, Jesus suffered a cruel death on the cross And then, as we read in today's gospel, he rose from the dead. And he has done all things well. He has earned the forgiveness of sins for each and every human being, no matter when or where they have lived. Now, Jesus has laid out his vision for the church, that is, to proclaim... Proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. Another way of saying it is Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. That's what we preach here. This is to be the work of the church in all times and all places. So what then is the proclamation of repentance and the forgiveness of sins? I'm going to tell you, the proclamation of repentance has two parts, two parts. The first part uses the law to sharpen the conscience so that the hearer begins to understand that the wrath of God that they deserve for their sin. And then the second part uses the gospel to show that God has provided a way to satisfy his wrath through his son Jesus Christ crucified on that cross the proclamation of repentance leads naturally to the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins and this is nothing other than the proclamation of the person and the work of Jesus Christ We're talking about Jesus who he is And what he did for you and for me. And that through the perfect life and the suffering and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's wrath is satisfied. And that our sins are gone. And Jesus has given us the very righteousness of God as a gift to take the place of our sins. And when God the Father looks on us, he does not see our sin. Instead, he sees the very holiness of his Son, Jesus Christ. Now let me stop here for a second. That first John reading this morning was pretty brutal. And I don't want anyone here to think that you were in that group that was being discussed. The ones that are damned, the ones that are devils, the ones that are not saved, you're not there. Why? Because you're a baptized believer, child of the living God, because what Jesus did for you, John was writing to those that are outside the faith, outside of the family, the ones that say, ah, it's open to interpretation. You're not in that. You are a child of God. Now let me go back to this. In the Acts reading, it's very, very important what Peter did. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verses 13 through 20, we have an example of the very thing of what it means to proclaim and use the law first as a bat, to whack the hearer, so that you know who you are compared to God and to know that you deserve his wrath. Peter did a wonderful dressing down. We hear the Holy Spirit use Peter absolutely bludgeon the consciousness and the conscience of his hearers. Hear it again. Peter said, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied You denied Christ in the presence of Pilate. When he had decided to release him, you denied him. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer, Barabbas. Remember him? Give us Barabbas to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. Whew. Whose conscience would not be suffering after hearing these words? This wasn't long after the crucifixion. And after Peter proclaimed repentance, that is, after the law has torn them down, he made the transition to forgiveness with these words, repent. Therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, who is Jesus. Now here we see an example of an apostle, the sent one, an apostle of Jesus Christ following the instructions that he received from Christ himself. This is the vision of the Holy Scripture that Jesus made into the vision of the church for all the ages. He has instructed his church to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. And since this is the vision of Jesus, we should expect that everything that we do when we receive his divine service to us should somehow be related to the proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name. Our words, whether sung or spoken, should make this proclamation. They prepare us for the proclamation, or they give thanks for the proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. Okay. The devil and this world, and even our sinful nature, our flesh, hates. This proclamation. It is their goal to take us away from this proclamation. The world, the devil, and even our flesh will regularly try to substitute religious sounding words or phrases for this proclamation. And Paul in Scripture to Timothy 2 Timothy 4.3 says this, The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Don't like what you hear? Find another one that tells you what you want to hear. We're almost done. Truly, truly I say to you and all who can hear me now that the church must ignore the temptations of the world and continue to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. It's as simple as that. This is the vision of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it is in this fulfillment of his vision that Jesus has promised the coming of the Holy Spirit who creates the faith that receives God's gifts. It is through the proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins that the Holy Spirit keeps us in faith so that the day will come when we will be risen from the dead and we will be given eternal life. It's just that simple and it's just that important. In the name of Jesus, amen. He's all And if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Lord, in your presence we find fullness of joy, and by your right hand, Christ Jesus, you win and deliver peace forevermore. And in the midst of this world's sins and sorrows, give us peace in the knowledge Of his salvation and confident hope in the resurrection of the dead Lord in your mercy Heavenly Father by the incarnation of your son and the reconciliation of his cross you have made us your children and gathered us into your holy church sustain the preaching of your holy word and its message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name among us and all the nations of the world. Lord, in your mercy, give peace, Lord, to our homes and enliven them by Christ's resurrected life. Let the forgiveness of sins reign among husband and wives, parents and children. Assure those who live alone that they, too, are your children, upheld by your right hand. Lord, in your mercy, almighty God, preserve our nation and its leaders, especially Joseph, our president, and Gavin, our governor. Preserve order and decency in this fallen world, by their hands and restrain the sins and deceptions of the lawless, that we may practice righteousness while awaiting the eternal peace promised in Christ's wounds alone. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, as your son's wounds brought gladness and peace to the troubled disciples, give your presence and comfort to the troubled in our midst, especially for Randy and Carol and Sean and Joy and Rory. Comfort all those who weep with the blessed joy of Easter morning. Lord, in your mercy. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by your Son's crucifixion, all sins have been blotted out. Send us now, the blessed refreshment of his bodily presence in the sacrament of the altar, and make us fit partakers in repentance for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, in your mercy, and all these things, and whatever else you know that we need, please grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's share the peace responsibly. I already see you being responsible out there, Iris Jean. Oh boy, look at you! And oh, I... peace be with you. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. We offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives. redemption of all that you have made. Think of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord. For he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels and cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that our Lord Jesus gave to us Our Father, who art in heaven, This meal is a proclamation of repentance and of forgiveness of sins. Oh my goodness, how many times is he going to say it? Well, probably a couple more times because it's just that importance. That is why we are here, and that is why we start the way we start. We admit that we are sinners because if we say we're without sin, the truth is not in us, right? Right? But right now, we're going to receive him bodily. And the truth is in us because of him and what he did. If this is your confession, if this is your proclamation, then this meal is ready for you. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. Now, there are a few of us here that it's easier for you to just stay seated, and I would really appreciate it if you'd let me bring you communion to your seat. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Hey. message of the cross is simple. The message of the gospel is simple. Jesus said, repent and believe. It's just that simple. Amen? Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending song is Children of the Living God.
2: has made, bird in flight, falling rays, Sing of the wonders He has made, sing to the living God. How He loves us with great love, He who sits enthroned above. For our lives He spilled His blood, sent His Spirit like a flood. gentle healing hands how they found the lowliest man sing of his gentle healing hands sing to the living god sing of the mercy that he gives though we sin he forgives sing of the mercy that he gives sing to the living god us with great love he who sits enthroned above for our lives he spilled his blood said his spirit like a the morning